Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly. Countless people have experienced life without ever knowing at least one parent, without knowing the length and number of all the branches and the depth of the roots of their family trees. For many of us, at best, it's a nagging question in the backs of our minds. At worst, a desperate need to know that can lead us to question our own identity, our own existence. These are the stories of some who found what they were looking for, some who were found, and some of those who never wanted to look or know. This is found. Like so many people, I grew up without ever knowing my father. My mother always did her best to make sure my two brothers and I had the best life possible. And there was a stepfather in my brother's biological father, so finding my father wasn't always in the forefront of my mind. My mother had told me his name at a young age, however, so there was always at least a curiosity about this faceless, voiceless man. But I had no idea where to find him or to even look, so the thought faded more and more as the years went by. Occasionally, I would do an online search and come back with nothing definitive, and once Facebook's algorithm took over the world, I would sometimes search his name in there, also with no luck. In 2018, my mother encouraged me to take a DNA test through Ancestry DNA. A suggestion I initially scoffed at. Maybe I was afraid of what I'd find. Maybe I was afraid I would actually find him. But he'd have no interest in a relationship or pretend he had no idea where I came from. Or maybe I simply didn't believe I'd find anything and didn't even want to face the fact that that would disappoint me. Probably some combination of all of the above. Nevertheless, in 2019, I finally relented and took the DNA test. Once the matches came back, none of the names were his, nor were any of them even people with his last name. Regardless, I messaged upwards of over 40 different people with varying degrees of biological connection to myself, from first down to seventh cousins. It didn't take long for several responses to come back. One stood out above the rest. My heart stopped when I first saw it. I could not believe what I was reading. So I read it again, and once more after that. It still said the same thing every time. Hello, I received a message, but my last name is Sinkville. But I do know a John from Chicago. He is my cousin. His mother and my mother are first cousins. John, or Eric, is what we called him. 
passed away a few years ago. He would have been around 60 years old now. His father was named John as well, I think. His mother is still alive, and so is her mother, who just turned 101 this year. They both live in Chicago. Not sure if we are talking about the same John, but if we share the same DNA, this is how we are related. A wave of emotions came over me, many of which I had never felt before. I had found him, and yet literally never would. I contacted my cousin, who asked for my picture, and immediately upon seeing it, she put me on a conference call with two of my uncles. We matched up timelines, and there was no denying it. I had found my family. Less than two weeks later, I traveled to Chicago and met my grandmother and 101-year-old great-grandmother, along with my father's widow. Needless to say, it was an emotional meeting for everyone. Hello, my name is Rose, and I'm here with my grandson, Nicholas. I'm glad to have him here with me. And I'm here with my daughter-in-law, Felicia. I'm glad to have her here with me. So I don't know, Nick is going to be here for a little while. He'll be going home pretty soon. And I enjoy being with him. And he talked to his sister, and he had to get in touch with his brother. So we was trying to get in touch with him. Well, and, to, and just to just to clarify, I mean, I have been in touch with him. I've met my brother at this point in the story. Right. It's just that he didn't come to participate in this part, which is okay. As she said, we're here with the matriarch of the family, my grandmother Rose, and my father's widow, Felicia. These are the two ladies that were at the house. Uh, the first time I had a chance to come here and, and meet the family. So imagine their surprise when a man who looked just like her son and her husband showed up at the front door one day. Of course, they'd, they'd heard the story before that, but they hadn't seen or met me yet. Let's go back to that day a little bit, ladies. <laughs> um, you know what? Let me say this first. When it first started, you know, I was mostly communicating with, with Clint and with Larry. Really? Yeah, Clint and Larry. With Clint? Yes. Clint and Larry. Yeah, Clint right. and Larry. Clint's the one who told you. I right? had no idea. Larry told Larry me. Larry told me. Oh, okay. Larry right. sent me a picture. I was communicating with them at first, you know. So there wasn't, we were talking, but there wasn't a kind of communi actual communication mm -hmm. happening, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? I didn't even know what or who to expect when I came over to the house. Nobody mm -hmm. told me much of anything. Just Clint gave me the address mm -hmm. and was, you know, come on over. Mm -hmm. So so they didn't tell me, they didn't even tell me that you would be here. I had no mm -hmm. idea, you know. So I, I remember when I showed up to the door and I, I didn't know. I didn't have any idea who you were, and I, I didn't know if maybe you were. I, I thought could could you possibly be a friend or the nurse? Or I'm not really sure. Do you even know who I am? It's because you remember when I came in. You know what I mean. I didn't like act any way toward you, and you were no. like you were like we hug in this house, but but it was because I didn't know. They didn't tell me. I didn't even know that you that you would be here. But I his I saw his eyes, and that was those are giant eyes. So that's how I knew right off the bat. That's John's son. And it was a blessing because, you know, the Lord took John and gave us a, a, another son. So. What do you remember about that day? 
I remember her crying. That's what mm-hmm. I remember. She looked, she just started crying. I remember, I remember that too. When I saw him, I hugged him and I was crying because I knew it was I knew it was John. Here's Clint. I knew it had to be John's son <laughs> because he he walked like John. He's kind of smiled like John even when John talked to John. Yeah, he looked, he looked right like down. that. Yes. Uh-huh. But his eyes really right. that was that uh-huh. stood out to me, his eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. I gave him a big hug and a kiss. Yes. I was so happy. It was just a surprise to everyone. One 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 big surprise. We we didn't know. And it all it all started with my cousin, Nisi. She lived in Georgia. And uh, it all started with her. I had to start with her. So she she was the DNA match that responded to me on oh, DNA okay. ancestry. There were a bunch of matches that were like third, fourth cousins or whatever. In her oh. case, or at least she was the she was like the closest one that responded mm-hmm. as a second cousin. Mm-hmm. But basically, I just sent a message with his name and you know mm-hmm. saying a few things, and she was like, "Well, that's my that's my my first cousin's name," mm-hmm. you know, and she just basically asked me a couple questions and. You know, after that, she gave me her number right away. I called her, and mm-hmm. probably that same day or the next day is when she calls Clint, and you know, we set up a a group call with Clint and Larry, mm-hmm. and then and then we kind of bombarded John too, which you know, I I didn't really know at the time, but it probably wasn't the best way for him because I you know he doesn't necessarily normally get calls from Larry, and all of a sudden he gets a call from Larry. Nisi's on the line who he doesn't even know. I'm on the line who obviously he doesn't know. And Larry and Clint are telling him, hey, you have a brother that you don't know about. Uh-huh. you know." And he's at work that night. Just all of a sudden, the blue gets this call. Well, and then I actually tried to talk to him. You know what I mean? And I could tell that he did not. Well, he did not want that. He kept cutting me off. I, yeah, I tried right. to speak. He, 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 he didn't at work also? Right. He was at work. Right, he he, he didn't believe it. He didn't want to believe it. He thought it was a prank. I mean, how they be pranking people. He thought that's what it was. Y'all pranking me. Y'all trying to prank me. I can see how, how he would think that. Right? Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all, you trying to prank me. I said, I ain't trying to prank you. I'm telling you, boy. And then he finally, finally uh, started listening. I said, shut up. Just listen. And he's finally listening. And I told him, and that's when y'all was able to talk. He wouldn't know stop talking. <laughs> then they sent pictures of him. Uh, they sent pictures. And that's when Larry Larry sent me a picture. And, and they, I'm like, uh-huh, they look, uh-huh, look just like. So everything worked out good. Mm-hmm. He took John and gave us another time. Everything has worked out. Everything worked out. Did you tell him about the night, you know, you were telling me about when, when I told you about when he passed away and you uh, you had the accident? I, well, I, I haven't mentioned that no. on here. No, but right, I, I don't know that it was the same night, but it was within like a very short period of time, you know, with maybe a week or two. Him passing and me having a really bad car accident, you know, that tore my body and my head all up, and I probably should have been killed. But I think you did. I wasn't. Yeah, I definitely. We talked about that when I came here because Mm -hmm. when I looked at the date of the funeral and stuff, it was Mm -hmm. like, whoa, that's really close to the time when I had my accident. So he he was a guardian angel to save you. He went on up. He had to have been. I saw John that night that he died. Remember, I told you on the, on the couch sleep, and I happened to wake up, and I'm thinking now with Wayne going out the house. Uh-huh. But it, he had on a white jacket. 
So when it came down there, well, I was like, you was already gone. He said, no, I ain't been nowhere. Went nobody in the house for her. And they came from upstairs, had on a white jacket, and went out the back door. And I'm thinking that was Wayne. And she, and she asked me, where, where Wayne was? So I don't know where Wayne Wayne wasn't here. Wasn't anybody here but her. Because mom was at, at dialysis. My mom was at mm-hmm. dialysis. Yeah. With nobody in the house here but her. But he came from up from upstairs with a white jacket on. And I looked at him. But she, she couldn't tell who it was, though. Turned my head, my eyes, and they went out the back door. I saw them walk to the back kitchen. And then I just closed my eyes after that. I'm thinking I was Wayne going out the back door. Wow. But that was John with a white jacket on. What yeah. do you think the relevance of the white jacket was? That he was okay, you know. Um, yeah, he was okay. Say, white is supposed to be as far as Pur- heaven. Purity. Uh-huh. That was him passion on right. to yeah. to heaven, and let, let so him know that he was all right. What did What did he say to you? Nothing. He just no. He came downstairs. I mean, on the couch sleeping. I happened to open up my eyes and look, thinking that Wayne went the back door. But she didn't see a face. I just saw I saw a person, big person like John size, with a white jacket on, and I looked at him. I couldn't see the face. I just looked at him. And I watched him walk all the way to the back of the kitchen. And then I closed my eyes, and that was it. And I'm thinking, I was waiting going out the back door. He said, I don't have no white jacket. You have a white jacket. No, I don't. I told him he got a white jacket. He said, I don't have no white jacket. Said, yes, you do. Because I just saw you go out the back door. So it took a little while longer for you to realize what you had after seen. I told her after, what, after I told her what you know what happened and I told and I told her it wasn't anybody here at the house. Nobody but her. That was just one of those yeah. incidents. Right. You know. So th- strange things do happen though. Mm-hmm. They certainly do. But it was a good thing. So it was it was a good thing. And obviously, you know, everybody was shocked. No one knew anything, right? Which means that that's a secret right. that he and was and able to hold on to. Because he ain't said nothing to me at right. all, and didn't say anything to me. Nothing. I and didn't thing. tell his brothers or anything about it. So that's that's the thing. Like I was talking to Camilla about as well that we discussed a little bit. The fact that you know, not even on his deathbed did he, he tell his nothing. daughter, his wife, or his mother nothing. What What does that mean? To you guys, because that's something for me to, to to process. You know what I mean? Like that's how serious he was about keeping a secret us in the past forever. That he wouldn't even tell you guys on his deathbed, right? Even though if he if he knew he didn't, he didn't say anything, yes, and he really wasn't. You know, talking. You know, he had stopped talking, stopped eating. So he, right. So maybe by the time he decided, he couldn't say possibly that he, that he wanted right. to say that it was too late. Right. Is it is that something that you know along this this process that has that you've thought about or internalized at all? Either one of you, the fact that he didn't say that to you. But see, John was kind of quiet. He had to like pull, like pulling the whistle to body him. You know, come on, John, tell me, tell me. He right because I I never thought about anything like that when he was in school. You know, I didn't know why he left school and, and came back here. So that's why he left school. Came back here because of, you know, the situation down there and, and well, um 
Well, I think that actually he left because it also wasn't going well. And the reason why the situation with my mother didn't go well was, according to her, that he was partying too much and she thought he was immature. And so she right. kind of like yeah. Yeah. Him. <laughs> and so, Party and sports and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, some people take stuff to their grave. You know, they don't, they're not going to, between him and God, and that's it. But I've never thought about it, you know. I'm not telling us. It yeah, isn't. I never thought about it either. Since you're here, you know, it's just happy occasion, happy, happy time. I right. just didn't think about him not telling us. I guess if you were to think of it in, in this context, like what if he were here, how would that conversation go? He can deny it. Or, 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 or how would <laughs> right. it have, would have went? Um, I, I think he'd probably be happy at, yeah. at, uh, to see you or whatever, uh-huh. you know. And let me ask you this, Felicia. Well, first of all, how long were y'all married? Or at least uh, together, actually. How well, long were you I together? I met John in 91. We so, got married in 2004. And we were together. So he died. Early on, or really at any point, did you ever think to yourself or wonder, I, I wonder if there's like anybody else out there that he could possibly have fathered and not even know about? I just like, knew just Camilla no. and Eric, and that's it. Me too. Like I never, never thought, thought about it. Like it never crossed your mind to know never like men go out and do things all over the no. place. You just never know. Never crossed my mind while nope. he was out in school. Never. And Clint and and uh, he didn't, Clint didn't say anything either about it. he was well, you know going with someone else down there. You know he he never said anything. I don't think Clint and, and knew Tim, anything about the yes, pregnancy. Yes, he did. He knew. Clint knew, he say he knew. And I think Tim knew. Uh I'm not sure if Tim knew or not. Hmm, but Clint said he knew. He knew about John John had a, a friend down there, mm-hmm. you know. He might they might not have known about her being pregnant though. Oh okay. right, they didn't know. They Clint didn't know snow. He, they didn't he know. was already back up here before right. that time. Right. They didn't and know so, that about she being pregnant. I guess right. John didn't even tell them either. You know, obviously. And if they were gone, you know, it's probably, I mean, who knows? And you never, she never could get the right address to send a letter or nothing here. She never did. No, no, which is, which is odd because you've lived here so long and she, she knew the name, you know what I mean? And she, she come up with that. But she, she didn't know the address. Right. I don't know what address she would find. Maybe maybe it could have been the West Side house or something. But she, I just know she knew the name. Which, and that's not something she told me as a kid. She told me that after finding everybody. Oh, after but I, I remember her saying, though, when I was a kid, like, just one time. But I remember her saying once as a kid that she had put together some, like, some pictures and tried to write a letter to what she thought was his address mm-hmm. and said she was going to send it and see what happened. You know oh, I mean? but it never did get and, here. And I'm whatever. pretty sure before yeah. that time, that wasn't, we hadn't really talked about it very much. You know what I mean? Like she may have told me the name. But like Camilla and I talked about a minute ago too, you know, do you, I mean, I guess looking back at that, at that time period and what my mom has to say about what happened, you know, and him being immature and her kind of deciding to tell him to, you know, you know, to go away and kind of, and I mean, do you do you think what happened after that was him being very hurt by it? Because she had the impression that she, you know, that he that he was, you know, 
he did like her a lot before that, and so maybe it really did hurt him. Mm-hmm. That's another thing we don't know. So a lot of things we, we, we don't know what happened. Going on this, this journey, though, myself, and kind of discussing it with other people, really kind of the main thing that I see is just how common it is. It's too common and too too many times people got to use DNA and be like DNA detectives just to figure out who they are as a person, you know. And that's that's really, at least for me, a good way to describe it. And, I, and some of these, there's plenty of people that never knew either of their parents, right? I don't compare right. myself to those people. That's That's different. You know, those people have to feel, at least a decent amount of them, you know, a real feeling of abandonment and never truly knowing who they are, even if they have a great adopted family. So I don't compare to those people, you know, but at the same time, it still was kind of like a half of myself mm-hmm. that, I, that I never knew. And there are just too many of those stories. That's that's all. Well, did he know that she was pregnant at the time? She- yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she says that you know, basically, then after that, she didn't talk to him for a while, but he showed back up not long before she would have, you know, when she was like eight or nine months pregnant. Wow. Came so back be a, okay. And, and tried to, you know, I guess make one last ditch effort mm-hmm. to do whatever. I don't know. But he showed back up is what she said. And again, that too is something that she told me, you know, after meeting everyone. Like she's told me things and I always knew the name and all that and she never really knew a, a lot of information or details about him. She never talked about personality or anything about him at all. Again until I found everybody. And then funny thing was, you know, she says she made a comment about he he just loved sports and, and weed, just like he <laughs> right. Yeah, she, was right no, no, no. she was right about that. She was right about that. Book down here. Little sports, yeah. like a party. He was a DJ when he came. I mean, he was on a radio station. He had that's what he called communication. So he had a, a two-hour slot. It only went broadcast forty miles in each direction. But if you're on campus, you can hear. You know, each, each personality come on behind each other. You know, he had Sandy Mill. He had such and such. He had a name too. I can't remember his name, but. You know, but he had a little name. All of them had a little name. You know, you know they had a little slots, and they did what they had to do when they played the music. See, that would be a major connection as well when you're talking about the music. You know what I mean? Music is a huge part of my life. Well, mm-hmm. so I want to go ahead and finish up this part of the conversation, basically by echoing some of the things I said a minute ago, just about. It, it all being an opportunity to kind of find a part of myself. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's, it's, it's been this whole experience has been nothing but a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know? Make you and, feel better. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, again, for anybody that, that, you know, listens to these, that is thinking about, you know, doing DNA or whatever you need to do to, to try to find family, but you're not sure about it. You know, the truth is, in my case, I had a chance to do the DNA a lot sooner than I did. 
And had I done that, I would have actually met my father. He passed away before I got into the mix. And had I done it when I when it was first brought to my attention and I was asked if I wanted to do it, I declined. I just didn't know how I felt about it. I, I think, I don't know, I didn't know how I felt about DNA in general. And there probably was a little anxiety around even like potentially meeting him too. You know what I mean? At that point, over 30 years of not ever knowing, you know, I think I part of me was kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, never had one to begin with, so why do it now? Yeah. But, you know, the truth is, I'm not going to say that I regret, you know, because it's like Clint said, everything seems, you know, everything happens for a reason and mm-hmm. timing works out the way it's meant to. But again, had I done it at first, I would have had a chance to meet him and who knows the difference that could make. So for anybody that's listening, you know, there's no reason to hesitate. Just do it, you know. It's possible that you find out some information that's not pleasant because people are unpleasant. <laughs> but you're going to find out some unpleasant information regardless. And that's the truth of the matter. For me, it's been nothing but a blessing. And, you know, from from your guys' perspective, if there's anything that you would like to add to that. To me, it's been a blessing because, like I say, the Lord took John away and gave us other guys. That's how I look at it. When I came to that door and looked at you, I'm like, ooh, that's John. Ooh. You know, it gave me a chill. I knew that was John. Yeah, it's amazing. a blessing to know that I have amazing. a grandson, another grandson, thinking about me and call and check on me and see how I'm doing. And yeah. then come and visit me. So on that note, I just want to say thank you to all three of you for, for joining us and contributing to this and the opportunity to uh, just fill in a couple, you know, blanks of my story. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's been fun. And thank you guys for coming on with us. Okay, you're very welcome. Later on, my sister Camilla would also join me for a conversation about our shared experience. We're on with my lovely and talented sister, Camilla. Thank you for being on with us, Camilla. No problem. Now, I I know this is just a a tad bit out of your comfort zone, so I'll try to go easy on you. Let's just paint a little bit of a picture of where you're at these days. You're living in California. You're working in the healthcare industry. Well, like you said, I'm in California, Sacramento, just working, and I do a lot of volunteer work with food pantry. So at this point, it's been it's been about two years since you suddenly discovered that you had a, a long-lost brother. Now, do you remember the first time you heard about this and who it was that told you about that person who happens to be me? Yes, I do remember. It was um, my grandma. I can recall it was my grandma. She had called me, told me about you. (laughs) When you say your grandma, you mean on your mother's side or our grandma? No, our grandma. What did she say to you? Like, she just called and said, Camilla, you're not going to believe this. (laughs) Um, hold on, let me, 
No, let me take that back. No, that's not the first time I heard about you. Um, I believe my oldest brother texted me and told me, asked me if I heard about um about you. Then my other brother texted me and and started sending me information he was receiving about you. And that's how I found out first. Then later on, my grandmother called me. Our grandmother called me. And what what was your first thought whenever your brother started talking to you about this? I don't know. I saw it as like, well, this is kind of like a like a lifetime movie where you hear when someone dies, then someone else you found out about another family or other long lost relatives. So I saw it as like, wow, this is so our life. My life is like a lifetime movie now. That's that's one hundred percent it. Now, now, just to give our audience just a, a tad bit of context, at this time, you number one were working as as the primary caregiver for your mother, and slightly more than a year before I showed up in the picture, our father had passed away. So, right. just to kind of set the scene for the audience, and that's what. You meant when you said, you know, someone dies and then someone else pops up. That is literally what happened in our case. Your father passes away. Then all of a sudden, a long lost son pops up saying, hey, we're brother and sister. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. When you were a kid coming up or a teenager or really any point in your life, did you ever think to yourself that that was even a possibility for for you know, some sort of a long lost sibling to pop up. Did you, did you ever even think like, I wonder, I wonder if my dad ever been out there like that. Never crossed my mind. Um, no, it's always been me and my brother <laughs> from him. Whenever you got the information in and it was pretty much a confirmed thing and everybody knew that it, this was true and you kind of had, had a chance to process it. Would you say that you kind of went through maybe a range of emotions? No, um, actually, no. Um, when I first saw your picture, I was like, okay. Even before they told me if you were actual, you were the blood test and stuff. When I saw your picture, I was like, yeah, I already knew it. So. I was like, okay, I got another, I guess I got another brother. <laughs> Being the only girl, so now I have four brothers. You know, I guess what I tell people, one of the, uh, some of the things that I'm trying to accomplish with this podcast are, you know, obviously the, the telling of these stories, which in a lot of cases are positive, not always, but in a lot of cases are positive or have positive aspects to them. But I also want to examine all sides, right? This particular story is my story, but it ain't just my story. You know what I mean? I'm the person that found or was looking for long lost, my long lost father. But you and the rest of the family were the people who were found by a person you never knew before. So it's not just about me and how I felt about it. And I understand at times, particularly in our situation, People may not have known 100% how to process everything, you know, and especially when we're talking about his actual 
other children, you know, but the fact that he had passed away, that wasn't a thing that everyone had even completely processed yet. And suddenly a long lost son shows up and, you know, even on his deathbed, he hadn't mentioned anything about it. Um, right. I guess what I'm saying is that I, maybe didn't even understand at first, but understand the range of emotions and thoughts that can come with that. And it doesn't even necessarily mean it's something personal against me. It's just, it's just a lot for everyone. So that being said, when I first came out here and met everyone, you know, saw grandma and just everyone for the first time, you were somewhat hesitant to speak to me and had to get a bit of a nudge from your mother. Would you be comfortable at all discussing what was going on in your mind at that time and and kind of what you were thinking about, about even talking to me at all for the first time? I don't know. Like I wasn't like mad or anything. I was just it was a lot to process. And I just needed a minute to really fully understand what what was just told or whatever. Completely understandable. And obviously it wasn't as you said, you never thought you never even thought of such a thing in your mind before, so it's not it's not like right before that you were thinking to yourself, well, I guess I'm going to have a long lost family member show up tomorrow. But that's exactly what happened. Right. And that can be a ton to process for someone. Let me let me ask you this. For me, I guess. A personal aspect of it and something that I'm just not even really sure what to make of it or how to feel about it. And I try not to dwell on it. But, you know, obviously the fact that no one knew anything says that clearly even on his deathbed he did not even you know tell his his daughter about me and for me that's something that I that I have to process and there's no like bitterness or anything like that with it it's just something that I had to process and understand why it was so imperative for him even on his deathbed to to keep that you know out of his mind and I don't know. Is that, is, is that something that ever crossed your mind since this whole thing started? Did you ever think to yourself, I can't believe on his deathbed when I was in there with him, he didn't even say this to me? Crossed my mind, well, if, if he actually knew about you. Did you ever ask your mom if, like, if they could discuss that she was pregnant before the relationship ended. Yes. That's a thing that we had discussed honestly before I found the family. So, you know, she's adamant that he was, that he was aware and that basically what had happened is you can kind of look at it in a way like she, she ran him off and, you know, she was very young, obviously, and the way she described it was that she saw him as as very as very immature, and you know, just partying too much, mm-hmm. and 
she got nervous and scared and and I guess she just sort of ran him off. And then she said he tried to come back one time, you know, not long before she was about to have me. And she said she even then she I guess it freaked her out or whatever and she didn't she wasn't cool about it. And so at that point in time he put her clearly he put her and me like completely out of his mind and said that's, that's not a thing ever again and she probably you know that that whole situation that probably hurt him right right according to her you know she claimed that he he did seem to actually like like her and care about her and so for him that probably was hurtful that she did that and then he wanted to at the time he maybe he wanted to try to be a part of a new baby's life and she kind of was blocking it a little bit and you know, he probably was hurt by it. Maybe he was hurt really bad by it. I don't know. It's I, I could never say because those these aren't questions I was ever able to ask him. And no one was ever able to ask him because no one knew anything about me until he was already gone. And those, those are just the things that I, I guess I have to process. But, you know, the funny thing about it is that it doesn't it doesn't weigh on me or anything like that. You know, it's it's things I have to process, but it's just sort of part of my story. And I really, I don't know, it's it's different now. You know, before knowing anyone, but knowing that I had family out there, but not knowing the nature of the family, whether I have siblings, how many cousins, grandma still alive, who knows? You know, knowing that that was a thing, but now those questions have all been answered. So anything else is really small for me. Obviously, this is a little bit about my story, and that's a little bit of insight to where my mind is. But if there's if there's anything at all else that you particularly would like to add to that, that would be spectacular. And then after that time, I would like to give you an opportunity to uh, promote really anything that 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 you would like to promote any anything that you're working on. I know that you know you do a lot of public service, so anything or anyone or any charities or anything specifically that, that you want to promote, feel free to take the opportunity to do so. Well, uh, it's the only nonprofit organization I could promote is called the Daughters of Zion, which I do the food pantry through. So, so your mission deals a lot with, with, uh, homeless people and, and people who are have food shortages, etc. Yes. If anyone uh, wanted to help you with that mission or donate to it, how might they go about doing so? Go on the website is dozenterprise.org or just Google Daughters of Zion. Well, once again, my lovely, talented, and caring sister, Camilla. I appreciate you coming on uh, with our audience and taking this time today. And uh, I just want to say that uh, I love you. You're awesome. And I will talk to you soon. All right. Love you too. Each time we release one of these, I hope to inspire someone and to give hope to someone else. With each guest I speak to, I sincerely hope our conversation is a part of their healing process 
as each of us continues to find peace, whether it be adoptees, abandoned, or any other long-lost loved ones. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Fly, 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 fly.